Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or rewatching once a week. Now, we are gathered here today for a very special edition of the Emmy Awards. It's a memorial and um, <laughs> it's a memorial episode for AmeriCorps, who lives have ended in the Big Brother house, but whose presence and memory lives on forever in my heart. <laughs> Sorry. But on a serious note, I am very sad about Big Brother, and I will get to that later in the episode. I'm going to talk about other stuff first, but I really wanted to lead with that because I, I would like to clarify what kind of mood I'm in. Before I jump into all the other shows I want to talk about and then end on Big Brother, I am going to be ending on Big Brother and... The majority of this episode is going to be about Big Brother. I have a lot to rant about, a lot of thoughts, yada, yada, yada. I do want to apologize first for missing last week. It was not my intention. I know I've said that every single time I've missed an episode in the last like three months since I've absolutely sucked at podcasting lately, but I have a really good reason for missing last week. I ran out of my medication and I'm on SSRIs. And unfortunately, I got ill. <laughs> I I was physically ill from not having my SSRIs on top of being an emotional wreck because I do have depression. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, actually, um, I'm very grateful to live in, in this age where I can be on medication. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I did run out. I was having some trouble. Anyways. The point is I was sick last week and I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I didn't feel well. My head hurt. I was like crying all the time because of like, it, it was just not a time for me to record a podcast episode. So I did it because I was sick, but I'm back this week. I'm very sorry about that. And I am recording this at my regular time. So hopefully it'll be out on, fr- on Friday as I like to typically have episodes out on Fridays what else do I have to say? I am uploading on YouTube now. I, the podcast platform RSS has an, a feature where you can upload directly to YouTube if the audio file is under two hours. So I am doing that now. I really would like like it to be chronological and like organized. So I am starting, I've already started uploading my old like I'm I'm gonna upload my back catalog until I've caught up and then once I'm caught up and I've uploaded all the episodes that I haven't on YouTube because I did my first 16 episodes were video and audio but I've switched to audio only and it will be audio only still for the foreseeable future because I do have a full-time job and I unfortunately don't have the time to edit video but because I have that feature, I'm going to be uploading on YouTube, but I want to catch up. So I'm, I'm starting with episode 17 and catching up until now. And whenever I'm caught up, then the episodes will start going live on YouTube in real time. So this episode will probably be live on YouTube a few weeks after it's released on all the audio platforms. So if you're listening to this late, that's why. But I'm doing that. So hopefully, eventually, I'll be caught up. I'm trying to upload a few a week. I uploaded two yesterday on Thursday. So I'm hoping to like, I don't want to like upload like 20 videos in one day, 30. I have like 30 to upload. Um, so I like, I I don't want to upload 30 
in like at you know in the span of a week because i feel like that would be too much so i'm trying to space it out but once i've caught up then the episodes will go live at the same time unless they're over two hours long and then they'll probably be out a few hours later because it, it might take me a while to manually create the video file to upload to youtube but i am uploading to YouTube. I'm starting the process of getting my back catalog uploaded. And then once I'm caught up, all the episodes will be on YouTube going forward. So that's very exciting. I'm trying to grow this podcast in a somewhat organic way. And I don't really know how to grow podcasts or honestly grow YouTube, but I had better success on YouTube, like getting views and stuff. And I just, I don't know how you promote a podcast. So I'm trying to see if maybe that would help me unlock an audience. Anyways, so that that is a little update that I'm doing now. Sorry, I missed a week. The good news is that with all the sad parts of Big Brother season going a direction that I don't particularly love, the good news is that I'm going to be watching feeds a lot less. So I don't know. I'm going to be able to record these episodes probably on time because I don't think... Like, I, I think I'll keep up with, like... I don't know. Like, I don't have... I'll get into it later. But I'm hopeful for this podcast to be on time from now on. And I'm really excited about the YouTube thing. So anyways, those are fun little updates. I'm okay. First show that I'm going to talk about is House of Villains. I started watching, I've only watched the first two episodes. I know episodes air on Thursdays, I believe. It's been really good so far. I I wish they had more Big Brother. I don't think they have anybody from Big Brother. I wish they had somebody from Big Brother because... Big Brother has been like consuming my mind, but it's been really good so far. I like those kind of combo shows where you get people from different shows because it introduces me to people I wouldn't. Like I watched um, reality, oh my God, what was it called? The show that Giannina from Love is Blind and Blake from The Bachelor met on. I can't remember the name on the show of the show, but it was like a competition reality show and they met on that and had people from like all different kinds of reality TV. I like that genre of reality television because I feel like it introduces me to people. I was intrigued because a lot of people that I knew of, like whether they were memes or I've just seen their face a lot, if that makes sense from reality TV were on that, like New York and people like that. And also Jax from Vanderpump Rules was on it. Corinne from The Bachelor is on it. Like it had some names that I was interested in. I like it so far. Omarosa's there, which is really funny. And it's been a really good show so far. I don't have much to say about it, except that it's like really hard for me because I want to talk about other shows, but I really can only, like I have so much to say about, so much to say about Big Brother. It's hard for me to concentrate. But anyways, I'm going to try. House of Villains, I really like it so far because it has the same kind of like structure of a competition show where I, which I enjoy, where there's like, you compete for safety and compete for power and then you eliminate people and people have alliances. And I think there's a very interesting dynamic because everybody there has been labeled a villain. And I think inherently like going... Something that's, not to talk about Big Brother, but something that's bothered me about contestants on Big Brother in the past, and specifically this season, is when you're targeting somebody, like the need to, like so many people go on reality TV and they don't want to be villains, and that's totally fine. I don't think I would want to be a villain, but I think in 
trying to be a good person or like have your decisions be motivated by like they're a bad person and that's why I'm getting them out instead of looking at it as like this is a game and I need to get them out because I need to get them out. There is a tendency, and this isn't with every Big Brother player, but I've noticed it a lot this season, of instead of trying to be like, this is a good game move, they make it personal and they're like, that person sucks as a person in this desire to like want to be the good person getting the shitty people out. And I just find that to be a very annoying thing in reality TV. And I like that they are all going into this with the we're villains we were seen as villains some people like embrace that some people are trying for redemption they never wanted to be villains i think there's also a really interesting dynamic between the different kind of shows that led people there because like even in the second episode they there were like three people up to for elimination banishment is what they call it and you had a chance all three people had a chance to compete to be safe from the banishment. Then in, it was like a blind obstacle course competition thing. And each person up for a banishment could choose another person in the house to be their eyes, to like guide them and give them directions. So Jax picked somebody from Survivor who then, Jax picked Johnny Fairplay from Survivor who is like, from Survivor and a very notorious villain. I'm not very, I don't know much about Survivor, but I do know obviously Survivor is a competition show. (laughs) It's a game show. And so obviously he sabotaged him because why would he help his competition? You know, he comes from a more cutthroat competitive thing. And everybody's like, hey, he sabotaged you. And Jax asks him, and obviously he lies because it's a competition show. And it's just like those kind of things where it's like people going into it have a different have different levels of expertise in competition reality shows and reality shows in general. Like Shake from Love is Blind. And Jax had an interesting conversation where Jax was talking about like all the money he made being an influencer and like how he used his platform to like you know, build a brand and all of that where Jax is, where Shake is like, I'm still a veterinarian. Like I've been on one season of Love It. Like it's very interesting to have those kind of dynamics in play. And I really like that they're all villains. So nobody is like, I don't, it's, it's been very interesting so far. Omarosa was the first super villain, which means she nominated people. Um, and she nominated, I don't know if they, if they call it nominated, but she picked Corinne, because her and Corinne did not get along from the beginning. Like literally, Corinne is like, hi, I'm Corinne, I'm from The Bachelor. What's your name, where are you from? And Omarosa is like, Google me. Like she does, she she has no patience for somebody not knowing who she is, which is funny. I don't know how you don't know who Omarosa is. I feel like, I mean, I, I guess Corinne doesn't really give the vibes of keeping up with politics. Although, didn't she have, like, make Corinne great again things back when she was, like, I don't, I don't know. But anyways, so Corinne, like, I can't remember who won the banishment. I think it's between Jax, I don't remember who's up for elimination, but, like, who who saved themselves from the banishment. I, I think maybe, I don't think it was Corinne. I think it's between Corinne and, and, and Jax 
which are two of the people that I knew going into it. So although I'd be fine to see Jax leave, like his lack of competitive spirit bothers me. Like, I just think there's also like, in terms of reality TV villains in general, there is such a different dynamic of being a villain on a show like Vanderpump and being a villain on Survivor because Survivor is like a competition show where at the end of the day, you're a player in a game where Vanderpump rules. Obviously, it's still a produced television show, but it's more like you're just you're yourself. The things that make you a quote unquote villain are just like behaviors that you did that ended up causing harm. Like the reason Jax is a villain was because of like him being a serial cheater and all of these like character flaws more so than like a Johnny Fairplay who is a villain for probably, I don't know, because I haven't seen it, but backstabbing people in Survivor. You know what I mean? Like, there's a different dynamic going into the show, but it's been very interesting. It's a pretty low-stress watch for me, which I really enjoy, which most real- like most reality TV is, but I have become so invested in this season of Big Brother that it genuinely, like, caught, like, I... It, it, it's a very emotionally stressful experience. Where House of Villains, I don't really feel that way. I could care less who wins. Like, I could not care less who wins, genuinely. I'm just along for the ride and I'm enjoying it. So I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. I don't have a horse in the race. I'm just enjoying it. It's a very easy watch. Very interesting watch. I feel like if you're into reality TV, I would give it a shot. It's very interesting. I'm enjoying it. The next show I want to talk about is F-Boy Island. This is the first season of F-Boy Island. I've seen a couple episodes here and there of F-Boy Island, but I never really got super deep into it. But I am watching this season because Katie Thurston from The Bachelor and who is then The Bachelorette is on it. And I'm loving it so far. I I never really got too into F-Boy Island, like the format. I liked some of it, but I don't know. It was just... It's a good show, like don't get me wrong, it's not a bad show by any means. I think it's just like, it's a very interesting show because I am like hesitant to get attached to any of the couples because I'm like, but he could be trying to screw her over for money. They should have F Girl Island. I wanna see women play men for money. I don't wanna see men screw over women for money. (laughs) Isn't that just the entire patriarchal society that we've lived in where men, and like play you for a fool and then take your money. I don't want to watch women do that. It's like a little bit more stressful than House of Villains because I'm like, I don't want my girl Katie Thurston being screwed over. But it is a very interesting show so far. And Katie Thurston is just so good on reality TV. Like she's so good. And I don't know, I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. I know she is supposed to come down at some point on Paradise. Like they showed her in the previews, but I don't know. At this rate, I feel like it's probably like a Hannah Brown thing where she comes down very briefly, but I don't know because I haven't been keeping up with any Paradise spoilers, so I don't really know what, you know, is going on in terms of who's actually on the cast or whatnot. I knew for sure Hannah Brown wasn't on it because she's been in a very, like wasn't a cast member because she's been in a very public relationship for like years. And I've already talked about this before, but it's like, Hannah Brown would have had to like freshly break up with her boyfriend, go on Paradise. Like none of it made sense. They, I'm sorry, they can't afford to pay her for a whole season. Her rate is probably too high. I heard a rumor 
that that they considered making her the bachelorette for like round two after her season and she was like asking for too much money i don't know if this is true i don't even remember where i heard this from but like i would believe that in the same way that i know i'm pretty sure tyler cameron has confirmed that he's just asked for too much and they don't want to meet his his demand he said jokingly on a podcast i mean i don't know if he how joke joking he was but he was like i at some point was like i mean like i'm gonna ask for everything i was like make me the host of the show like he and hannah i feel like are big stars and i don't think logically it would make sense even if hannah brown was single and like they're i'm sorry this is a gimmick they're not gonna pay like hannah brown is not going to agree to go on bachelor in paradise no no, like as much as The Bachelor is like a b- absurd show, The Bachelor in Paradise, which is part of the reason I like it, because I, I don't think it, I think they have like The Bachelor and The Bachelor have a different tone, or at least they try to have a different tone than Paradise, where Paradise, I feel like recognizes its absurdity and embraces it a bit more in, in a very interesting way. So I I was just like I'm Hannah Brown's not going to Bachelor in Paradise, but I don't know about Katie Thurston because I mean she's on Boy Island now. Like she does give the vibe, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way at all. Like I mean like she's phenomenal on reality TV. I'm literally like I I started watching the show that I've never really been captivated by because of her and i've kept watching because of her like she's doing such a good job i love that she brought her cat there but i don't know i could see her going on the beach as a contestant more than i could see hannah brown doing it just also because i don't think production i mean i don't know if production really but screwed over hannah brown but the general experience i feel like I mean, Katie didn't have an easy experience either with Greg leaving her and everything. But I, I, I don't know. I just didn't see Hannah Brown coming back in a way that I was like, maybe Katie Thurston would. But I don't know. I kind of hope she finds love on F-Boy Island. I don't know if F-Boy Island had like any sort of success rate. I mean, it's only like the third season. But I wonder if it's had any kind of success rate, if any of the couples have lasted. I'd be very interested. I mean, I'm always rooting for Katie Thurston. I really enjoy her presence, and yeah, I, I re- I'm, I'm really enjoying F-Boy Island right now. The last thing I want to talk about before I jump into this season of Big Brother is I've been watching a lot of old seasons of Big Brother, and I have a lot to say about them, and I think that will kind of, like, the rest of this podcast is just going to be about, going to be about Big Brother, but I just have a lot to say, I think, about the seasons that I've watched and obviously this season, but I'm going to start with the older seasons. I have, I've said this before on this podcast, I started watching Big Brother live. My first, like the the first season I ever watched Big Brother was 18 and I, I loved it. I've been hooked ever since and I've watched every season since then. I have not finished every season since then, I will admit like I, I, I would watch the finale, but did I like what? Like, uh, I didn't watch every single. Like I, I, I never finished twenty one. Um, I watched the finale, but I didn't really keep up with anything post jury. Uh, none of the, like I, I think I, I started becoming very disheartened, disheartened, heartened, 
whatever. I, I became very uncomfortable watching when a lot of racist people kept getting really far in the game and winning. And it was like, it was just hard to watch. I think since Big Brother 20, and I, I, I watched 22. I, I've seen most of the seasons. I watched all of 18. Like I watched Finale Night live. I watched Finale Night of 19 live. I didn't watch Finale Night of 20. I didn't watch Finale Night of 21 live. I watched 22. I watched 23 and 24. And I am going to finish the season. But anyways, I just want to give it a little bit of my history. But even though those are the seasons I've watched live, I I did... I I am somebody who... When I become interested in something, I really like to learn, like, the history of it. I really like to read up on interviews, like, find out the origins. And so I probably for a couple years now, maybe more, I've, I've been, I watch a lot of Big Brother, like, YouTube content. And I keep up with the stuff that way. So I know a lot, even before I started my journey, if you will, of watching all the seasons, I did know like the history of the show I knew like who won what season I knew like big moves big players all of that like I've, I've been watching a lot of big brother content for a very long time so I knew most of the history and like what makes a good winner and stuff like that how people have won the game like I haven't seen every season but I have tried my best to like learn about how different people got to the end and people won and, and like different dynamics and all, all of those things. I've been very interested in the game of Big Brother ever since I started watching it, but I did always lean more towards like bachelor-y kind of reality television. I don't know. I, I just started watching The Bachelor earlier, so I I don't know. But I, 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 I love them both equally. I wouldn't say I'm more of a Big Brother fan than I am a Bachelor fan, but I think this season... I, I've watched feeds more than ever. I watched feeds a little bit last year, but I genuinely for the last like two months have been watching at least a couple hours, not even like maybe like five hours, at least of feeds like every day. And I feel like I've developed a different appreciation and connection with Big Brother than I ever have before because I wasn't a live feeder for a long time. I would keep up on Twitter and stuff, but it's a very different experience. And I understand why people who have like are like live feeders are always like you don't like you miss a lot of the show if you're not watching live feeds. I really truly understand that now. Like I feel like I understood that on paper of like I would read all the conversation like I would read and see everything happening. But it's just a different thing when you're watching so much content from these people and then you're getting such a minimized short version of like what actually happened and I think Big Brother in that regard is such a like fascinating I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but example example is not the right word but it's like a very interesting look at reality tv because like so much and I've since I started watching The Bachelor more critically thanks to Game of Roses I have always watched reality TV through the lens of this is an edited, manufactured, produced television show. I'm only getting an edit of what these people are like. But I feel like reality, like I feel like Big Brother is such a, it's such a special show because 
we can see that as an audience in real time with how they paint narratives and how different that is based off what the viewers are seeing on live feeds. Like things that they, like we see in real time that them excluding things for a narrative, them, like it's so fascinating. And I think that as somebody who has been really interested in reality TV and the production of reality TV and that kind of thing, watching live feeds has really, really made me interested in Big Brother. And I think it's really made me interested in like the the game itself, which I've always been interested in. Like I've watched a lot of videos of like how this person won Big Brother or like things like that or about strategy or like, you know, I... I I've always been really interested in, in in it, but I think being so, not consumed, but being so like involved in it this summer, this year has really changed things for me and it made me want to go back and like rewatch old seasons. And not that I'd never watched an old season. Last year, I watched season four when I got Paramount Plus, I watched season four and I watched season 10. And I watched season 14 because I wanted to watch June season because I've always been interested in the floater strategy. And people always said that she like either created it or perfected it. I feel like people are like, she's the first person to really master the floater strategy. So I was really interested in her season. So I watched that season and then I watched 10 and 14 because I've always been very interested in Dan Giesling. Those were great seasons. I really enjoyed it. And I don't remember what I was saying before I, I got into that, but I, I have to say, I, I genuinely want to watch every single scene of Big Brother now. And I didn't really before, I was like, I'll watch the important ones, but I want to watch every single season, except one, because the format is different and it doesn't really matter. But I want to watch every single season of Big Brother now because I, and like, maybe this is going to sound silly, but part of the reason I really love Corey in America is because of how openly they're super fans. And also they, they are part of the reason that I was really drawn to watching the feeds so much this season, because I genuinely really enjoyed not even their relationship, just them as players and them in the game. And, and when they would interact with other, like I was just so and Sari too, I have to thank Sari, but I I really have to thank Corey in America because I don't think I would have gotten into watching feeds like as much as I was if it wasn't for Corey in America. And watching feeds this season has really genuinely changed the way I view Big Brother and the kind of fan that I am. Like I, I feel like I've always like, you know, I've I've been aware of that kind of stuff, but I feel like I started as a casual. And I didn't really know about like this, like this world of like, I knew what the live feeds were obviously. And I kept up on Twitter, but I, I I guess I just didn't, it's been a slow process and I feel like becoming a super fan. And I don't know if I would count as a super fan yet. I like to think I'm getting there, but I would never purport. I don't know if that's the right word. I would never pretend to be like somebody who's been here from the beginning and has watched every, like, I, I understand that I, I just like, I think part of the reason Corey and America meant a lot to me is because they opened up this world for me in a way that really genuinely like made me 
I don't know. I feel like if I wasn't watching feed so much this summer and I wasn't so fascinated by the way that this season's players, like the the strategy changed all the time and watching them, I feel like I wouldn't have, have been inspired to go back and watch older seasons. And it's just really made me love Big Brother more than ever. And I think even if this season we get a bad or I get an outcome that I don't love, I will always be very grateful to Big Brother 25 for I feel like being in the season that made me a super fan because I, my relationship with the show Big Brother has changed so much this summer. And I think that's part of the reason that Corey and America leaving was genuinely sad for me because I love television. I started a whole podcast to talk about what I've been watching and rewatching because I I genuinely love television, whether it be scripted or reality TV. Like I'm just so fascinated by by that kind of media. And I've always been a fan of Big Brother, but this season changed my fandom in a way that genuinely means a lot to me. And I haven't had like the best year mentally or even like creatively in terms of this podcast. And I think Big Brother this season specifically gave me such a like creative inspiration and motivation to have like, like, like I was literally like watching feeds every day and taking notes like at the end of every night to like be like, that is something that I I had never experienced before. And I just like, I don't know, it means a lot to me. And, and I don't know, I feel like it's been like a, I feel like Big Brother 23 was like a big turning point for me as well and like onward and again I've always been a fan like I've 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 been a fan but I just feel like there there are levels to things and I feel like I was a little bit more in the know than casuals like I didn't just take the edit surface like value I would read the updates going on on Twitter but I wasn't a live feeder and I feel like being a live feeder has really unlocked this level of connection that I feel with the show. And I'm really grateful for it. And I'm really grateful to Corey and America for, I don't know, motivating me to keep watching the feeds, which then motivated me to become more interested in the game of Big Brother than ever and go back and watch old seasons. And talking about the old seasons that I've watched, that is what I wanted to talk about first before I jump in. I I knew it was all going to be mixed. I'm just going to make this one big chapter is like Big Brother it's not going to be bigger than 25 and like I, I because I'm jumping all over the place it's all connected in my brain but I I watched I, I'd already watched seasons 4 10 and 14 so I, I went back and I watched season 6 because I had seen Janelle on All Stars 22 and I had obviously seen her in season 14 but she didn't last very long in season 14 and I like the thing is I knew about Janelle like I had I knew about her like comp record I'd seen many, many clips of her. Like, I knew who Janelle was, but I never watched the original season. And I've heard season six was a good season in terms of, like, the power dynamic always shifting. And it was a really, really good season. I genuinely recommend it um, as a very solid season of Big Brother because there was, like, a majority alliance. Like, there were two sides of the house that would, like, switch back and forth with power in a very interesting way. And the, the characters were great. And um, it's Janelle's rookie season. And I think she did such a great, like 
she was amazing. And I think having that knowledge of Janelle is really great before you go into All Stars because I watched season six and then I watched All Stars. And because I knew that season seven, All Stars, the first All Stars, the only real, <laughs> the only real Big Brother All Stars, I knew season seven was the season that she like broke the comp record and like was winning competitions left and right. But I wanted to watch her first season. Um, she was good in season six, but she was like a beast in season seven. And I have to say, I really enjoyed season seven. I do recommend it. And I'm sure like she probably, Janelle, I was just mad the entire time that she didn't cut Will or Boogie sooner because she could have, like, I don't know. It was Chilltown that was her demise. But season seven is a great season. I do genuinely recommend it. I think it is such a like masterful example of people like, I, I don't know. I think it, it's such a good all-star season because they only had five seasons. They only had six seasons of people to choose from. So it wasn't like Big Brother 22, which was like a shit show. And they had people. And I think they tried to do this in Big Brother 22 where they brought in people who like really didn't make it that far or weren't quote unquote all-stars, but people like liked them to give them a second chance and stuff like that. And they did that in All-Stars, like the first All-Stars. And I, I think maybe that's why they wanted to do that in season 22. But I think it really worked in season seven because most of the people were like All-Stars, like made it pretty far. And there was just such a smaller pool to choose from where it was like they had to have some people there who weren't like Janelle level. You know what I mean? And Chicken George, who was like kind of, you know, nobody expected him to get that far. He did a really good job in All Stars. He played his heart out. He was such an interesting person to watch. Like, he did a great job. Anyways, but yeah, I I really liked All Stars. And then I watched season eight. I just finished season eight. And I'm almost, I'm almost done with season 12. I... (laughs) I just finished season eight. I finished season eight like five days ago and I'm almost done with season 12. I, I, I don't know. I get through the show really quickly. It's really entertaining, but easy to consume. I think I love watching old seasons because it, it's, it gives me the same strategy and game format and like dynamics and intri- like intrigue of why I love watching a Big Brother season in real time. But there is like a, a weight off my sh- off my chest because I already know who wins. So like, I'm not going into All-Stars being like, if Janelle doesn't win, I'm devastated because I already know Janelle didn't win. This happened like a decade ago. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, there's like a sense of peace in watching old seasons where you get to see the strategy and and the history of the game and stuff like that without being worried that the person you like is going home because they probably like it already ended like i i'm i'm really enjoying that because even if i'm watching season 12 and i'm like rooting for rachel and i'm like rachel doesn't get that far it's fine because i already know rachel wins next season so why am i going to be disappointed i'm not i'm watching like it it's a very nice enjoyable show to watch when you're watching old seasons, because I'm like, none of this matters anymore. And again, it's just like a silly show. So like, does it actually matter that my favorite contestant went home? No, but it feels so high stakes in present time that it's just not as enjoyable where I can go back and watch like a season from like 10 years ago 
and not feel any kind of anxiety because even if the person that I didn't want to win didn't win, it's fine. It already happened. Would I wanted Janelle to win in if season seven? Obviously, but she didn't. I knew that going into it, so I was fine. I was at peace, you know, <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed that. But I watched season eight and I found season eight to be really, really fascinating because I did know that Evil Dick won. I did know that it was him and Danny at the end. And I did know about America's player and how much that helped Dick. But I think I, I don't know. I was so, it was very, season eight was a very interesting season to watch because I knew that America's player was going to keep helping Dick. And at the same time, I was like, why did America, the country, like Dick so much? Genuinely. Like he, I really think the show, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is not an original thought, but I think Dick's story on the show would have been completely different if Danielle wasn't there. Because I don't really, I mean, maybe people would have really wanted to root for like the antagonistic person who was causing drama. Maybe that was the main motivation. I feel like the motivation that makes the most sense is that, to me personally, is that people were really compelled by his relationship with Danielle. And like, you know, they were rooting for that and they wanted to like them to stay on longer so they could repair their estranged father-daughter bond. Because truly, I mean, maybe genuinely America was going goblin mode that year and was like, we just want the person who's going to be the most antagonistic and horrible to everybody. Because besides his relationship with Danielle, I don't see what would have made people want to keep voting for Dick um, and have Eric save, like have Eric save Dick at Eric's expense when he was supposedly America's player. And wouldn't it have been so cool if the first America's player, and only, I don't think they've, they might've done that since. And if they have, it's, it's just a season I haven't watched yet. But I think it would have been cool if he won. Eric, I mean. But I have to say, even the Dick Danielle relationship, I like there were moments where I obviously felt for them. But I overall, my biggest takeaway from watching old seasons of Big Brother is that that show, I mean, (laughs) it used to be crazy. They would interview people's like boyfriends or girlfriends at home about them like flirting or maybe allegedly cheating they were just airing these people's family trauma for us to watch. Like, I'm like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable because I don't know. I, and obviously I don't have the same relationship with my father that Danielle has with Dick. I'd like, my my dad is a completely different man. I'm not trying to compare in any regard, but I even think of like any familial conflict I've had with my parents and any negative feelings and I'm not estranged from my parents by any means like it's it's not on the same level I wasn't raised by my grandparents like there there's a dynamic there that I can't understand but I do on some level understand just familial conflict and you know having tensions with your parents like nobody has I mean I'm sure some people do but I don't have a perfect relationship with my parents and I would be so uncomfortable if we were being recorded 24 7 and it was being aired to like all of the United States of America to like genuinely try to resolve any issues I have with my father and or my mother. Like, I, and I can't imagine getting to a point where you're estranged. And then I don't know. I feel really bad for Danielle because I I feel like I would literally like I I I really feel for her because I was watching it and it made me 
uncomfortable for her because I think I'm sure that there is a pain that a parent feels that I can never really understand of like what it feels like when your children don't talk to you anymore. And like, I, I'm, I'm sure that's a specific pain and I'm not trying to like dismiss Dick's pain. I don't understand it. I've never been through it. I can only understand the perspective of a like child who is trying to communicate ways that their parent has maybe caused them harm. And, and I just, I, I, I just feel like that would be a very painful thing to do on national television while you're playing a game and they're your like closest out. Like I, I just, I really like kudos to them for getting to the end because they really were in a very unique position in the house where it's like even the other people who had enemies like there's a different dynamic of like your ex-boyfriend or your like enemy from like high school which was one of the girls and like your literal father or your daughter who like you are estranged like that's a lot of pain and trauma and I just like being stuck in a house 24 7 with nobody else to talk to like you have you're isolated from the outside world and on top of it there's like family trauma that you're dealing with every day like I I don't know. That that season was crazy to watch. And I, I really don't know if... I, and a win is a win. Like, he earned that win. But I don't think Dick would really win in a modern-day context, nor do I necessarily think he would win against anybody but Danielle. But that's just my take on season 8. And then I watched season 12. I'm almost done with it, but I'm, I'm not. I'm at the final four. Like, I'm literally almost done with it, but I haven't finished it. I have a few episodes left. And I really like season 12. I knew, obviously, the outcome, but I was interested in seeing Rachel and Brendan, their dynamic. A lot of the fights that happen in season 12 are really funny. Um, and I really want to watch season 13 because Danny comes back from season 8. And Dick does too, but he leaves really quickly. Um, so he's, like, not really there for the season. He, like, he's not even evicted. He, like, leaves due to a medical emergency. So he's not really there. But, like, the the premise of, like, the twist for that season is, like, couples return. So Brendan and Rachel come back. So I wanted to watch their rookie seasons. Um, and, again, I'm just trying to, to get, like, the history of this show. Once I've watched 12 and 13, I think I'm going to watch 15 and 16 15, 16, and 17, and then I'll go back from the beginning and watch to onward and catch up that way. Just because there there are certain seasons that I want to watch more than others. But I want to watch all of them. I just want to watch the ones I'm more interested in first. If that makes sense, because I might be very interested in Big Brother now, but I know myself and I might feel burnout on Big Brother and I don't want to be burnt out and not have watched the seasons that I'm like most interested in. I, I've seen parts of 16. I watched a YouTube video like years ago that was like Big Brother 16 in five hours or whatever. I saw that. I watched all of that. So I know the general plot of Big Brother 16. I probably know like all like it, it'll be almost like a rewatch for me, but not quite. So I'm excited about that one. And I want to watch 15 for Andy Heron and Andy Heron only. I know it's a very racist season. I'm well aware of that. I know I said that when I was that certain seasons were harder for me to watch live because of the like racism going on. I think that still that's still true. I don't enjoy watching people be racist. That's not what I'm saying by any means. But I think I just have a different emotional capacity than I did when I was in high school when I was like 
really depressed and like I people were racist at my high school and then I didn't want to go and watch people be racist on TV and it, it's just like a different dynamic now where I am more able to like like that kind of stuff doesn't it still upsets me because it's not enjoyable to watch but it doesn't like I can I can separate myself and be like the, you know what I mean so I do want to watch 15 for Andy Heron because I'm interested in his journey even though I know it they've but anyways that's my long diatribe about the old season's big brother that I'm watching and my thoughts on them um 10 and 14 loved them Dan Giesling is an icon so good chef's kiss season 10 delectable 14 a beautiful on like a beautiful second course I I I season 10 and 14 are so good and I'm excited to watch 12 and 13. I mean, I'm almost done with 12, but I'm excited to watch 13. And then, oh, and I, I said that I was going to watch six, 15 and 16. I'm going to watch 17 too, because I know that's Davon's first season. I did see Davon in season 18. Also, once I've gone back and I've watched all the old seasons that I've never seen any of, maybe I'll re-watch the seasons that I watched in real time. Like, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll finish them. <laughs> because... I haven't, like, watched a season through. Or, no, I've watched every season through since 23. Like, live in real time, I've watched every episode. But I haven't... Oh, and 22. But I... I did, unfortunately, watch all of 22. I watched... I might have finished 20. I guess it was really only 20 and 21 that I didn't finish all the way through. But 22 on, I've watched every, every one... I've watched all the episodes of Kept Up and all of that. But anyways, to the main reason that we are gathered here today, to remember, to mourn, to honor, to cherish, to love, America Lopez. (laughs) Tonight was the double eviction of Big Brother 25. And I'm not even going to say the second double eviction because the first quote-unquote double eviction was not a real double eviction as two people did not go home. Two people died and then were zombies. So nobody went home that week. In fact, one of them was revived. So it was a completely horrendous result of a double eviction, which sucked because both of those people are people I wanted home, people I wanted gone. But anyways, this double eviction, I have to say, I have been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks that I didn't think America and Corey were going to win. Like I I knew I knew in my brain that it was going to be an uphill battle for either of them to be sitting in those final two final two chairs. I knew that. I knew that in my logical rational mind. I knew that. I did. However, I function in my day-to-day life with a level of delusion because it really keeps me going. Not even delusion, just like blind, ridiculous hope that the things that I want to happen will happen. Because if I don't function that way, I wouldn't get out of bed, you know? (laughs) Not really, like I'm not that depressed, but genuinely, like I do operate with a level of like telling myself the things that I want to happen are gonna happen, even if I genuinely don't believe they will. And I like to retain that amount of hope. Now, America and Blue were up for eviction and Blue went home first, which was expected. Now, I have to say, I 
I think part of the reason this eviction hit me so hard, America's eviction, was because I genuinely didn't see it coming. Like I knew it was a possibility, but I genuinely felt like with the way... So anyways, the last time I talked, because I missed like a week, Corey and America were up for eviction and Corey was set to go home and he did. And then Jag won the next HOH because God hates me. And equality, you know, because he, he shouldn't have been allowed to play. So he won the HOH and he nominated Blue in America, Yawn. Then Jag won the HOH, uh, POV, Yawn once again. So at that point, I was like, America did a really good job of talking herself out of being the target. She promised Jag and Matt safety. I was feeling hopeful. She seemed to be in a good position. They all wanted Blue out. So I was like, okay, there's hope. Then Felicia started throwing Sari under the bus to everybody who would listen and people's radar started going up about Felicia. So I, in the past few days, really convinced myself that even if America didn't win HOH, that she would be safe this week because like she would be safe through the double because Felicia had made herself too big of a target for Sari to want to keep around. Now, I guess I got too comfortable. I guess I forgot how stupid Bowie Jane is. I guess I forgot how weak and pathetic Matt and Jag are that I genuinely believed that that would be the case. Now, I'm not saying that they're pathetic or they're weak because they didn't keep the person I want to keep, okay? I would like to clarify that from the beginning. Also, this part of the episode is going to be kind of ranty. So if you don't like that, feel free to click off, follow me wherever you listen to podcasts anyway. Thank you so much for listening. But I have a lot to say and I'm going to say it because what what is this podcast if not for a place, if not a place for me to not shut the fuck up about what I have to say. So that is me, not shutting the fuck up. Thank you, welcome. I had hope, I had hope that they would target Felicia first. But unfortunately, Matt and Jag are such spineless cowards that they literally, I mean, I, I guess it's not like... I don't know. It's fine, I guess. Like, it is smart strategy for them. It's just extremely boring. Extremely boring and annoying. Annoying. They do not know how to make good TV. People say that America, even Blue, no, people say Blue was just there for TV. People say that America was always talking about if this would be iconic and this would be good TV. At least they had some sense that they were creating a television show. Jack has no desire to make the show entertaining at all we're all bored jag we're snoozing we're asleep we are tuning out i'm canceling my paramount plus subscription you have caused this you were literally costing cbs thousands of dollars while the actors are on strike actually that's a good thing make their pockets bleed so they bring back scripted television keep being boring jag <laughs> i'm kidding i'm not I'm, I'm i'm genuinely kidding but i just like Matt and Jag have this endgame plan where it's going to be Felicia and Suri at the end with them because they think that they can easily take them out. Now, I would criticize this train of thought, but unfortunately, the data does prove that this is un- that this is likely the case, that they will likely, at this point with the competition they have, comp out until the end. I, as a viewer, hate that kind of gameplay. I hate that kind of season of Big Brother outcome. I... After last season and Taylor winning and proving that you don't have to be a comp beast, 
you don't have to win every comp like that it Taylor's win last season proved the beauty of Big Brother and that it's not about the competitions you win it's about the social game and obviously the competition matters but what matters most is that you have the influence and the personal relationships to make yourself to make sure you're safe in the game without needing to win competitions if you need to win every single competition to make it to the end you're a fucking horrible player i'm sorry those are just that's just true that's just true and it's boring gameplay and nobody remembers those comp beasts who like comp till the end those people are boring to watch we don't enjoy them it's not interesting television and frankly a matt jag steamroll until the end where they can where they're leaving the the two old like the two older contestants that they think that they can easily pick off at the end it's not it's not interesting and it's a really disappointing ending to a very interesting and compelling season with a lot of different characters and different personalities and interesting game dynamics and shifts and i'm just pissed the fuck off i'm pissed the fuck off because i i'm mad i'm genuinely mad and i think this season had such great potential and again this season will always hold a very special place in my heart because i don't think that i will ever go another season of big brother without watching live feeds i don't think i will and again i watched live feeds last season but their last season honestly was really depressing to watch the live feeds I did watch because everybody was just being so mean to Taylor that I, I really struggled to watch the live feeds of Big Brother 24. But I think after this season, I, I'm i gonna, like I, I consider myself a live feeder. And I want, like it, this season of Big Brother ins- like inspired me so much creatively with this podcast and just like endeared me and intrigued me to the game of Big Brother that I wanted to learn the history. I wanted to become the super fans that I love watching. I wanted to know my history. I went back and I started watching every season. Like I, I like I'm I'm watching the seasons. Like I'm I'm doing my homework. I watched a lot of content. Like I know the general history of it. But I'm actually going back and watching all the seasons so I can see the way strategies have developed, how competitions have changed throughout the years, the history of certain competitions, the history of certain archetypes of players. Like all those things, I'm really interesting. All the powers, the twist, how Big Brother as a game has changed. Like I'm just really interested in that, and I really am thankful to this season for doing that for me. I'm not gonna hate Big Brother 25 if the winner is somebody I don't like, but it would just genuinely, after such an interesting season, it would be a bummer. It would be a bummer. And I really think the comps have not been equitable. I think a lot of the twists have just killed momentum. I think the zombie twist really killed a lot of momentum. I think that had the double of the original double eviction just stayed the way it was and zombie week not happened i think i just i i wonder how different the rest of the season could have played out if cam didn't come back i think cam teamed up with jag and matt and gave them power for longer and then they got a hold of bowie i just think matt and jag would have been flailing in the wind a bit more if cameron hadn't come back and offered them the fugitives as a temporary i mean to him he didn't think it was temporary but for them it was a temporary like thing until they were able like it was just i really wonder how the game would have opened up if that hadn't happened 
And maybe nothing would have been different. Maybe Matt and Jag still would have seized the endgame in this capacity. But I was genuinely very upset with this double eviction. And not just because my favorite contestant went home. And I'm genuinely sad to see her go because I've enjoyed watching her. And from like probably on some level an unhealthy parasocial dynamic that I'm I'm obviously aware of that I don't know her. But America, I'm not Mexican, but I am Latina. And I just... There is something about Latina rep, like, like seeing myself in a person on a reality TV show that is always going to bring me a sense of comfort and familiarity. And it's why I always thought the representation is important. And I just like, I really have seen myself in America and appreciated America. And I, I'm, I loved her gameplay. I did. Some people will hate on her and say she didn't do anything and she was riding Corey's coattail or saying all these misogynistic things about her. And I will ride for America every day of the week. I'm not even kidding. I love her. As like a human being, I've enjoyed watching her on my TV. I really loved her gameplay. I think she could have done more if she had more, if the comps were more equitable or certain things hadn't happened here and there, if she had engaged her footing in different, like there are so many what ifs, but I do hope to see America on my television screen again one day and another whether it's another season of Big Brother or if it's just another show I will be tuning in to whatever America Lopez is on big fan but it wasn't even just that America went home and that I was sad about that I was really disappointed by how the entire double eviction played out because Blue went home I was prepared for that. I have mixed feelings about Blue. I, I I have mixed feelings about Blue, but I genuinely thought over America she deserved to go because she did not fight being on the block at all, which I just think is always a mistake. Another reason, side note, that I don't like Jag and I think he doesn't care about making good TV is that he told Blue like five minutes before the live show started airing that she was going home. Like... I'm sorry, you couldn't wait to blindside her on TV, at least give us some entertainment. It's like a little bit more time. She was still probably like slighted. It's, it's It sucks. You suck. Oh, God. It sucks. But anyways, um, Blue went home. Bowie Jane won the HOH, which like, okay, wasn't the worst case scenario. I was like, maybe Bowie Jane will make the right decision. Did I have much faith? No, but I think... The reason I'm so angry right now is because it was probably one of the dumbest fucking moves that Bowie Jane could have made. It was so stupid. You are the strongest competitor. Besides Jag and Matt, Bowie Jane probably on paper is the, like what is the strongest competitor there. And she decides instead of targeting the people who would actually stand in the way of her winning the game, she targets two people with not a lot of, not a big threat level, which was so stupid. She should have nominated Jag and Matt. Like, it's just stupid. And obviously as a viewer, I have a level of knowledge that she doesn't of knowing that the plan between Jag and Matt was to throw the HOH to Bowie so Bowie wouldn't be able to compete in next week's HOH and for them to get her out at final five so then they can go to final four with Serene Felicia because they think that's a layup and we can get to final two that way. I know that obviously as a viewer. So I have a level of knowledge that she doesn't and I like to acknowledge that. But I also just think 
It is so utterly stupid. Like, I at this point, it's just confirmed to me that Bowie doesn't give a shit about winning. But it's just, like, the dumbest move ever. The dumbest move ever. If you don't want to nominate both of them, which is stupid anyway. Like, like do you genuinely think... I mean, you should never want to be... Like, being the third person in a duo is always risky because they're never going to take you to find... Like, you have to win the final HOH to be taken... You don't want to be in the position when you get to the final three that you need to win that HOH to get to final two. You want to be in a position where no matter who wins, you're going to final two. And frankly, you, you're you fucked if you're with Man Jag at the end of the final two and you don't win the final HOH, which is a three-part competition. And with the odds stacked against you, one of Matt and Jag is probably going to win and they're not going to take you to the end. So you just, you shouldn't want to be the third person in a duo you had the power. Everybody was going to compete in the veto anyway, so there was no, like, backdooring. You give them a fair shot to compete, be like, you guys are big competitors. Like, anything. Anything that would show me that Bowie Jane was thinking critically, that Bowie Jane wanted to win. I don't think Bowie Jane wants to win anymore. Like, I... Not that I think she wanted to win at some point, but she doesn't anymore. I thought maybe that... Like, I had... Like, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I want to... I don't want to write people off. I don't think just because people are quiet or floaters doesn't mean that they won't have an interesting and like route to the end game. I have said that I think Bowie Jane's like it, a Bowie Jane win would be fascinating because I'd be interested to see the end game that leads her there. But at this point, I don't, I don't like I, she's not, she's not going there. She's not, she's not making it and it's stupid and I'm angry. Like I'm really angry and America said it best in her exit interviews. And another that's another reason why I love her, where she was just like, they're going to win. Like I was telling them. And I have to say, because I am somebody who will criticize even my faves, my favorite players games. I'm not going to say America did nothing wrong. I think America's move and maybe obviously we don't see everything when they're in commercial break. But I feel like America's move should have been. And again, I don't know what she said to Bowie Jane before nominations, but what I would have said to Bowie Jane before nominations is you have to target Matt and Jag. They're not going to take you to final three. Like they're not even taking you to finale. They want to go with Felicia and Sari to the end because they think they can beat her. Whatever they're saying to you, they've said to everybody else. They've said that to Felicia. They've said that to me. They've said that to everybody. They have like everybody is their third at this point. Don't play for third. Play for the win. If you don't nominate them, you're gone next. Like, and again, I don't know what America said during the commercials that we didn't see, but that should have been her pitch to Bowie. Don't nominate me. You're next if it's me. We have to clear the end game. If, if like, we have to seize the end game. If, if we don't get Jagger Matt out there steamrolling till the end. It just, it genuinely... It makes me really sad that after Taylor's beautiful speech from last season of we've seen the traditional player with the most comp wins win, but is that the kind of player you want or do you want somebody who was resilient and like powered through? Like that is the kind of big brother player I want to watch or not even like Taylor was a very special kind of big brother winner where she like dealt with a lot of adversity in the house like, she said that she she hasn't spilled the most blood, but she was the one who bled the most. Like, Taylor's speech was so beautiful. But players like Dan, like, 
in the last episode, like I think the episode for the veto, maybe, or the HOH, one of the episodes this week, America was, I think it was the HOH competition. Um, yeah, it was the HOH competition episode. So Sunday's episode. America was talking about, in the same episode, America in her DRs was talking about Dan's funeral and all these wonderful players who managed to save themselves when they didn't have any power, when they were like, Dan was a dead man walking. He literally had his funeral. Like, and those kind of moves. And and in the same episode, Jag was talking about how he just needed to get rid of anybody who could beat him in a competition so he could comp out until the end. Like that was literally, that's his end game. And I just think that if you need to comp out until the end, and I will say this until the cows come home, if you are the kind of player who needs to comp out until the end, you are not an interesting, compelling, or even very good player of Big Brother. The good Big Brother players are the ones who don't need to win a competition to be safe. The ones that have enough, like, influence and knowledge to be the ones pushing things behind the scenes while not getting any blood on their hands and they're depending on the jury some people don't like that kind of winner from what i've gathered like in the jury jury segments are always really interesting because something even i've noticed is i feel like different winners like different yeah, like different final twos would have different reactions depending on the rest of the cast, just based on the tone of like some players. Like, I don't know. Like, I I think, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if that made sense, but I feel like different people's strategy would have worked better in the end game with different kind of juries, if that makes sense. But I think being a good player is being aware of the kind of people and social dynamics in the house so you can be aware of kind of what people's motivation and logic will be for the jury like if they're a juror like I would just you want to feel out what kind of like I feel like if you're playing big brother this season you may be able to get like you would pick up on like people who are bitter when they're betrayed people who get on their moral high ground and are like they're bullies because uh, you know yada 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 or people like Corey who are very clearly like can separate the game from the personal like I feel like there are different kind of personalities and being a good big brother player is being aware of the different kind of players that you're playing with and maybe what kind of jury they would be and therefore making sure that your jury management isn't just like that it that it's like I don't know I think it's important to be aware like if I was playing big brother I would pay attention to the way the people I played with were reacting to blind sides or lies or like that because I think that would tell you a little bit about what kind of juror they would be and yeah, I don't know if that made sense, but I um, I just think, I don't even remember how I got on this tangent. Oh, I, I don't think, and obviously there are, oh yeah, that there are a lot of jury members and viewers of the show who think that people who win a lot of competitions, that like, that, that is a very important thing in their mind. And I'm not saying it's not, I don't think, I think... I'm not saying it's not important. For me, it wouldn't be the most important thing because at the end of the day, 
if I was on the jury, I'd be like, you win. You don't win Big Brother by your competitions. You win by us giving your uh, your vote. And if you didn't consider my vote and you're like that, that would matter to me because I'd be like Big Brother at the end of the day is not a the person who wins the last competition wins. It's the person who's voted on by a jury of their peers. So I would want to vote for somebody who I felt like took, who I felt took that into consideration, if that makes sense. Now, there are some people who really care about comp wins and all that and the resume. And I think you should have a resume, obviously, but I don't know. And again, to each their own, I just feel like the players that I remember from older seasons and the ones that I've been most compelled by their gameplay and fascinated by their gameplay are the ones like Dan literally like people described him having a mist that to me is the kind of player that I am interested in not somebody who is just because and not always I will grant the comp beasts of the past who have not been like super strong athletic men I'm going to give them other flowers. I'm not going to say that like Michael last season, he did a phenomenal job. Even like Janelle, I think Janelle is a very interesting comp beast because I wonder how she would do in this modern era with the amount of physical competitions. I mean, she still killed it at physical competitions, but she won a lot of mental competitions too. So it was like, like, I don't know. Janelle is, is just a fascinating competitor. Um, in terms of her comp wins. But I just like, I don't know. I think to me, because Big Brother is a social game, it's a social experiment, you win by a you win by a vote of a jury of your peers. You don't win if you win the last competition. Many people have won the last HOH and they don't win the game. You win based off of them voting. So to me, that aspect is a bit more interesting it's a bit more compelling it's a bit more memorable it's a lot more entertaining as a viewer I don't really enjoy watching the same person wields power two weeks in a row it's boring there's no and I think that's one of the reasons Big Brother 6 was so interesting and such a good season is because there was such a yo-yo there was such a back and forth like the friendship alliance would win power and then the sovereign six would win power and like it it was pretty even until the end. And it wasn't like at the end, there was only one alliance. Like the final three was literally like two people from the friendship, but Janelle was there. So there was like a lot of tension of like, is Janelle, like, you know what I mean? Like it could have been at the end of that season, two people from opposing sides. Like that could have happened. It didn't end up happening because Janelle didn't win that final competition, RIP. But there was a chance. Like it, it was... A, a a back and forth until the end. And that kind of season is more interesting. It's more interesting for the the last person you think is going to win HOH to win HOH. It's not interesting for everybody to be joking that, oh, here we go, another JAG HOH. That's not interesting to me. I also, on a somewhat personal perspective, which I try not to like really consider this because at the end of the day, I think if you won, if you played the best game, you deserve to win. But from like a personal stand, like perspective of somebody who is like, I don't have a lot of money. America literally like quit her job. She like 
has said many times that she's broke. I'm not like putting like a financial label on her, but she said many times she's broke. Meanwhile, Jag owns like a truck company. He seems to be doing great. And I'm sure America will be fine financially, but I'm like, man, my girl could use the money. I'm voting for her for America's favorite player. I don't care if she loses. I need her to at least be in the top three so she can know that because I need her to know how beloved she is. And I'm sad she couldn't get farther. I genuinely am. But more than that, and more than I'm mourning big, like America leaving, I am just really disheartened by the path the season is going to take. The good news is that there are only two weeks left and then I'm free of this season. It's like that Trisha Paytas tweet. I'm free. Worst experience of my life. Literally me in two weeks. Like Corey said, I can't wait for this all to be over. Literally me. Um, And I was saying this earlier, but I like stopped myself because big brother, because I'm America's gone and I'm not going to be keeping up with live feeds because frankly, the only person I'm interested in watching on live feeds is Suri and I'll just watch the clips on, on, <laughs> on Twitter. I don't need to be keeping up with the feeds. It's kind of like, I, I just, I really don't need to watch Jag and Matt strategizing. I don't find it compelling or interesting. I'm sorry. Um, like I, I'm just, I'm no longer engaged because I don't think anything that interesting is going to happen. I'm going to obviously be keeping up and I will still talk about the show until it ends, of course. I am like, I'm still going to watch the episodes and I might check in on feeds every once in a while, but I think I'll mostly just watch clips. I'm not going to just have feeds on in the background for like hours at a time. Like I've been doing for the last two months of like when I'm doing chores or stuff, like I just have it on in the background, like most of the day. I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't have the mental capacity and it'll make me too sad. I stuck through this week for America, but I just, I can't anymore. I'm good. I'm good. I have nothing. I'm, I'm at a 10. I'm at a 10. (sighs) Pick somebody else. I'm at a 10. But the good news of that is that I'm going to have a lot more free time and I'm going to, hopefully the podcast will be, will be up on Fridays from now on because a lot of what held me back was there are a lot of shows that I watch on Thursdays, The Golden Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, I didn't even talk about Bachelor in Paradise. Whatever, I'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Wasn't that important? I literally didn't even write it down in my notes. Um, that's embarrassing, but I, I have stuff to say, but I'll talk about it next week because I've been talking for a while now and I want to wrap this up somewhat soon. Anyways, there was a lot, there's a lot of shows that I watch that air on, on Thursdays, but it wasn't just that because I'm on the West Coast so I actually, I, I don't, it's not that late for me when the shows like finish airing because I watch them on my parents' Xfinity account. Shout out to series recordings. Shout out to Monique and Pablo. Shout out to Eugenia too. Hi, Eugenia. I love you. That's my twin sister and my brother. Shout out to Maddie. Shout out to my whole family. But I, n- nobody listens to this except Eugenia. But so I end up watching, like by the time I'm done watching all the shows, it's actually not that late for me. But a lot of the times I would stay up anxiously, like watching, like waiting until the feeds came back and somebody won HOH and I'm just not going to do that anymore. I'm not, I'm free. I'm free. And for that, I smile. Um, I will say, if you care about a spoiler for this upcoming week, um, Matt did win the HOH. So, but we won the double eviction HOH. Matt won the 
normal HOH going into this week. I suspect Bowie will be going home because he wants... Maybe, maybe he'll make a sh- take a shot at Jag. I don't know if that would happen. But I think Suri is safe. And right now, I'm rooting for Suri to win. I think if she gets to the final two, like I have this vision. This is my prophecy for the rest of the season. Bowie will be out this week. She'll be bitter. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, she'll be bitter because Matt and Jag betrayed her. Then Felicia will go out next. Then it'll be Suri... Jag and Matt in the final three. Now, by the grace of God, because I believe, I believe, by the grace of God, <laughs> this would be my ideal situation. My ideal situation is that Suri wins the final HOH and takes Matt. Now, another possibility would be that Matt wins that final HOH and takes Suri. So you know what? In that case, if it's Matt, Suri, and Jag, we have a two out of three chance for Suri to make it to the final two because I do think that Matt will take Suri over Jag. Actually, no, I'm pretty certain that Matt will take Suri over Jag because Matt has said he thinks he has a better chance of winning against Suri. And I I do foresee that happening. I think he wants it to be him and Suri at the end. So maybe Matt can pull through, win the final HOH, take Suri to the final two. Now, this entire time, the jury is, tar- is is starting to get kind of bitter. Blue has already Blue would already vote for Sari, obviously, because then J- Jared would get that money, and that's her mother-in-law. So um, I'm, I'm kidding, but I do think that Blue could be swayed to vote for Sari. Corey, you know, once he sees that Sari is making it far, will start talking about like how crazy. It is that Suri got that far and how she's a legend and we all let her get that far. She deserves to win if she's in the final two. Hopefully he can like convince, you know, like I have faith that the jury, partly bitter, partly in awe of Suri and her mist, will vote for Suri over Matt and Suri will be the winner of Big Brother 25. That is my ideal outcome. Will it happen? Probably not. I don't have the best luck. God hates me, but... That's all I can hope for at this point. And I will be voting for America, for, uh, for America's favorite player. I don't care if she doesn't win. I'm going to be committing um, voter fraud. I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm not going to be committing fraud. I'm a stand-up member of this community. But I, I will be voting for America to win America's favorite player. And that is all I can hope for for the rest of the season. At least I am free, you know? At least I'm free. I'm free. And you know what? I said like a month ago that as long as Cam didn't win, I'd be happy. I think at this point, I'm just really disappointed by like how disappointing of an ending it's going to be of a season, of a season that I really enjoyed and like meant a lot to me. There's like a car going off. So if you hear a beeping in the background, I'm sorry. I don't know whose car that is, but I apologize for the sound. But anyways, it's like distracting me. I need to finish my thought. Um... Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll still talk about what's going on here and there, but I'm kind of tapped out. Like the thing is, unless something really interesting happens and the dynamics change, I just feel like the rest of the season is somewhat predictable because I don't see Matt or Jag being taken out, like both of them being taken out before final three. Like I don't see a Felicia, Suri, Bowie final three because that, that would be interesting. Like imagine... 
Jag gets taken out this week and then Matt gets taken out next week. Would it ever happen? Probably not. But I feel like that, like all I can hope for now is that it's Suri in the final two chairs. I wouldn't be super disappointed if Felicia sat in the final two chairs. She has a hell of a story and her and that mustard seed deserve $750,000. I wouldn't really be totally disappointed with that. I just, I don't like... Felicia has been a phenomenal contestant to watch on television. Like she's been such like a wonderful, she's added so much to the show and she's been very entertaining, like a great, like great TV. But I think the further we get into the game, the more I start to just like, she has horrible reads. I don't really, she, she just doesn't have the strategic mind and the strategic, like she doesn't have the, the prowess, prow, prowess. Prowess? Prowess. She doesn't have the expertise and the skill that Suri Fields has. And I just think that Suri Fields, out of the five, is the one who deserves to win. And I hope she does. That's all I'm praying for. You know what? Everybody who's, 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 I really, they should have eliminated Felicia. At least, like, I don't know. I get it because it was Matt and Jag voting and Matt and Jag weren't going to vote to keep America, like I, I think maybe like if it was Suri and Bowie, maybe one, like I don't know, maybe like if it, it if it was different, some the votes would have been different. But I don't think Suri was gonna throw America a vote, knowing that Matt and Jag wanted America gone. Like I think she wasn't gonna risk it. But I don't think, I think Suri would have wanted America to stay over Felicia because. But I don't know. I don't really know what's going on in Therese's head. I'm I'm disappointed, but it's okay. You know what sucks is that last season was really hard and depressing to watch, but it had a wonderful ending. And this season was like really enjoyable to watch for the most part. And now the ending isn't going to be that enjoyable. Like, why can't we ever just have a flawless season that is enjoyable to watch from the beginning? And I'm happy with the ending. I wasn't disappointed with the ending of season 23, but once it got to like the final six and the cookout was in the final six, I was like, I don't think the people that I want to, like, I don't think Hannah's going to win. And so at that point I was just like, I'm happy with the outcome and that they accomplished their goal, but the people I wanted to win weren't going to win. But that, that, that was a good season. I just, I wish it had ended a little bit differently, but you know what? Live and let live. That's it for this episode of the Emmy Awards. Just me talking about Big Brother mostly. I tried to touch on other things, but I really can only think about one thing because, you know, America's body isn't even cold yet. Like, I have to say, this episode would have been so iconic if America won the HOH because she literally talked about, like, the American Revolution is starting now. It was dead in the water. Truly, truly depressing. But anyways, I'm actually done talking now. Please make sure to rate and review. Follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. All my social media is linked down below. I post updates on there periodically. Although the best bet if you want to be updated on the podcast is to is to follow me and turn on your notifications because I've been horrible at posting the updates. I said in the intro that I'm starting to post on YouTube. So whenever this episode goes live on YouTube, it'll probably be a few weeks late because I'm starting with my back catalog and and catching up until I'm in real time. And then every episode will go up live in real time. 
But this episode will probably be out a few weeks later than its original, like, published date on other platforms. But if you find this on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and turn on your bell notification and all of that. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. And AmeriCorps will never be forgotten. They live on in my heart. Bye, guys. Thank you so much.